A Vagabond's Guide to Faerun presents Welcome to Candlekeep. Well met, traveler. Is this your first visit to Candlekeep? I can see the wonder in your eyes. Please, walk and talk with me on the way to the gate. I never tire of speaking of our abbey's many wonders. An amazing fortress of knowledge, is it not? The towers reaching for the sky as the clouds and spray drift in from the sea. A stony forest of colors and architectural styles, one scholar named it. One tower leans, another twists, another topples. Every color of the rainbow and some not even there. Each tower unique, built ages ago by a different scholar who likely forgot more than we shall ever know. And centuries on, the work of new generations of scholars continue. At the gloaming, you will see otherworldly lights dancing in the windows and loopholes. Magical glows and glittering beams erupt as the wizards research their texts and dabble in their discoveries. But you will never see firelight, nor torch, nor the glow of a hearth. The wards that encircle the abbey prevent anything from burning, other than wick and wax, and even that is but a tiny flame that will be snuffed, should it consume aught else. Ah yes, you have heard of the wards. Can you feel them from here? A faint thrum, like a harp string that stretches to the heavens, or a distant buzz flitting in the recesses of your mind. The more attuned to magic one is, the stronger the sensation. It is omnipresent in the abbey. One grows used to it over time, though some turn to potions to smother it when they must sleep. Or a few pints of Winthrop's Wicked at the Candlekeep Inn, perhaps. But it is not merely the wards against flame and fire. No, no. Countless spells are woven into the very foundations of the abbey. No mold will grow within. Insects and gnawing critters of every sort will slow and expire within the walls. Teleportation is all but impossible, though exceptions have been made from time to time to recover books from certain individuals. Beyond the wards and other defenses, there are the likes of myself to guard the abbey. I count myself fortunate to have served the gate warden herself for the past 15 years after proving my courage. There are 60 of us, armed and armored, and not lacking in mystical talents. So well defended is the abbey, there's not much to do but read. <laughs> uh, speaking of reading, what have you brought to pay the toll to enter? The gate warden has been rather prickly of late about the quality of books offered as payment. As she likes to say, Times are bad, children no longer obey their parents, and everyone is writing a book. But ah, this is a copy of Lonely Jaws. I did not know a copy had ever been allowed to leave the Abbey. A traveler with an interest in Miram. How fascinating. I have no doubt Miram will have an interest in you. A most focused and unforgiving interest, to be sure. Do your traveling companions know of Miram? Ah... A silver dragon she was, centuries ago at least. Then, already old and powerful, but not so powerful as Torth, a mage who bound her in service to Candlekeep for that most terrible of crimes, eating books 
and occasionally monks. But Torth was not more powerful than the grave, and none could defeat the enchantments that bound Miram to Candlekeep and the bones of Torth himself, sequestered in the catacombs beneath the abbey. After years and years, Miram's flesh fell from her bones, but still she served. Then her bones crumbled one by one, but her ferocity was undiminished. Now she is nothing but spectral jaws and fury, lurking deep beneath the keep, bound to linger near the casket and waiting for an excuse to unleash her rage. For after all these many, many years, she is still compelled to defend the abbey and its precious books. She's not picky either. She sees any loose page, any scroll, any scrap with a bit of scribbling as a book belonging to Candlekeep, and only to Candlekeep. She'll have it, over your dead body if convenient. She takes it for safekeeping, but she's a bit scattered, as my mum used to say, and she never quite returns them to the abbey. If enough interesting bits pile up, the great readers will choose an acolyte, usually one considered troublesome, to distract Miriam, while they perform a rite to evade the wards and teleport away whatever she has acquired. It is not a pleasant duty, and not one that the bait is expected to return from, as it turns out. But for those blessed creatures who are eager to talk, or better yet, to listen, Miriam is certainly friendly if volatile. She loves to talk, so to speak, about the good old days, flying through storms and above green field and forest. Now, don't mention that those good old days were a thousand years ago or more. Such talk sparks some heady emotions, emotions you don't want to see in an unstoppable zombie dragon deep beneath the earth. For those who venture down, there are markings to lead the way. Markings that show her limitations, how far she can venture, how far her spells will reach beyond that. Carved by past generations of brave monks, or monks serving dire punishments. Not the most reliable sort, to be honest. And Miriam herself likes to remodel. She's always digging and moving and reshaping the tunnels around Torth's casket. The sentinel worm, they call her, and for good reason. She is always aware, always watching, never at rest. Oh, be sure to turn over any book you have with you, for she will know. Scrolls, spell books, inscribed rings, she sees it all, and she will want it. But enough of my prattling. Here we are at the gate. You have had a long journey, and the gate warden must have her due. But perhaps if you're lucky, or unlucky, Miram has acquired a few books of value over the past 15 years. A tome from an overconfident thief. A spellbook of some dark assassin who tried to sneak in through the tunnels. The keeper of tomes may ask you to slip down into those dark and lonely dungeons to distract Miram. If you are so foolhardy, I offer this advice. Do not carry anything written, anything at all. And if you were charming, she might tell you something worthwhile, and not tear you to pieces. This is Will Kalinin, and thanks for listening to this episode of A Vagabond's Guide to Faerun. 
Cover art is by Ali Durrett. Music by Chris Garcia. Sound effects by Inspector J. Details and links to sources are in the show notes. If you enjoyed this, please leave a review on your favorite podcast feed or play it for your own party of brave adventurers. <laughs>